the first time I had a problem with authority was I was on an airplane going from Chicago to Columbus, and it's just a very short uh, trip, and this was on a Constellation, so it was a little longer than it is today. But we served sweet rolls and coffee, and we were 38 sweet rolls short, and I happened to have the chairman of the board, Charles Tillinghast, on board. And the rules and the regulations state that you give the passengers first. If there's a non-rev on a pass, you don't give it to him. So I followed the rules, and I gave to the passengers till we ran out, and I went up to him, and I said, I'm sorry, Mr. Tillinghast, I don't have a sweet roll for you. We're short meals. I was hardly at the next station, and I got a message that the minute I returned to Chicago, I had to go in and see my supervisor. And I got read the riot act for not giving him a sweet roll. <laughs> but I followed the rules. Yeah. Just think if it had been yeah. a hot steak. Right. <laughs> you would know, have been, been fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I flew this run for six months straight because I was so junior. I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't, I couldn't hold any other trips. And that thing ran for at least two more months with 100% meals no matter what the passenger load was mm -hmm. because he was on board and did not get a sweet roll. <laughs> I thought they were going to fire me because I was still on probation. You have a six-month probation. But then I, that's when I think I first started questioning, well, if you have rules and you follow the rules, why am I in trouble? Mm -hmm. uh, I, they want us to make a judgment, but I made my judgment. Now, Mr. Tillinghast was not upset. It was the local management because it made them look bad, mm -hmm. or they felt that it looked bad. And I think from then no, on, I, mean, I started his, challenging. His complaint was not about you. It was about the shortage of the roles. Exactly. But my immediate supervisors yeah, yeah. went, uh-huh. Why didn't you serve Why him? Why didn't you serve him? Who I else said, he's had, on a one-one pass. Uh, who else I, had um, a certain moment? Like I started uh, Barbara. shortly, I, about two years or around that time after I started flying, I had a layover in Chicago. I was based in L.A., and I had a layover in Chicago, and I went home and stayed with my mom and my stepfather, and at that point, I found out my stepfather went into the hospital, and he was very seriously ill, and my mother was extremely upset, and um, I didn't know what to do because I was supposed to fly the next day, so I called the Chicago office and explained my case, and they said, fine, we'll, we'll show you off sick or family problems. And I stayed here with my mom because she had already lost one husband and she was very upset. And then when I got back to, when everything was taken care of and I got back to Los Angeles, my domicile, I got called in. I had a note waiting for me also, see supervisor on duty. And they sort of read me the riot act because how dare I call off sick for a family problem? I mean, that just, I mean, he wasn't dying, was he? And I looked at him and I thought, what makes this woman think that TWA comes before my family? Mm -hmm. I mean, my family was the most important thing to me at that time. And I, when I walked out of the office, I just, I couldn't believe that she had no compassion or, or didn't even want to know what was the problem. And I started realizing that there were a lot of incidents like that. And that's when I, I think that was mm -hmm. the beginning, the very, very beginning yeah. of my questioning yeah. what this company was about yeah. and mm -hmm. how they treated their employees. And, and I am not a bad employee. I mean, I have, and it doesn't mean anything, but I was cabinet attendant of the year. I'm never late. I never missed a trip. I hardly call in sick. I do my job well. I'm sure we all have, you know, lots of letters in our file. And yet they treat me yeah. like Second I'm no, what Barbara, like what Barbara, the story that she person. just relayed to you, Studs, we would be on the airplane before a flight, and she would say, you know what happened to me today? This is what the supervisor said, and we would start chatting amongst us. Mm -hmm. Well, so-and-so said this, and everybody had a story, and pretty soon we're starting to gather together with mm -hmm. the stories as our power against mm -hmm. TWA. Yeah. And we went from being females, 86% women, That's you know that because of our fight, 86% women are flight attendants. That's right. Mm -hmm. But when I started, it was almost 100. Yeah. But that there were... <clears throat> As we had power then. I mean, we were protected, we were dependent, but somebody was going to take care of us. When these stories started exchanging, this supervisor, this, this, TWA was never supportive of our persons, we band together. And that's why I think today we're so strong. There's only three, three women's groups that are going to influence the movement in America. The, t the flight attendants, 
which I would say us because we are going to be the example, mm. the nurses, which they're banding together, they're picketing down on Michigan Avenue, mm. and the school teachers. Mm. And uh, I think that unfortunately today that's true because of the males coming in our job mm -hmm. because they came in oh, and I said, hey, you guys, don't sit here in the right. plane talking about it. Get up and fight. Yeah. We'll show you. Yeah. Okay. The males came along with you, you mean? They, they showed us the yeah. way Led because the way. you know what? Bottom line, women still follow men. Yeah. That's and that is why we're fighting. Let me get this. So some of the male flight attendants mm -hmm. who right. gave you this spark. They said, it? don't just sit here and talk about it and how do you something. do something. Yeah. That was well, 1972 now. That's, that's right. when they first started hiring men. It has become yeah. different now. Yeah. In, our, in our fight today with this contract and this strike, many, many of the men have crossed. Yes. They have? Oh, yes. But no more than women, have they? I don't know. Yes. The yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I think if you take yeah. percentage, really? yes. Now, the percentage of those males, a lot of them, and I'm speaking from personal yeah. experience, yeah. my sister's boyfriend, Europeans came to this country uh, and they, because they don't know yeah, they don't what know. our forefathers fought, fought for on our land, and they're crossing, yeah. making it. Oh, let me get so You know I, who's not? The, men, the gay men didn't yeah. cross. They don't the cross. The gay no. men are wanna, right there with That's, that's what that's I want. Right. Now, that's that's, that's, right. Right. that's, motion, hit, that's motion, very important. Strike, that's emotion, that. labor. I, I think guys. that one thing, though, with the men, the ones that did not cross, they're not out there doing as much as the women are. No. They're not going to see the congressmen no, and the politicians. That's because we're 85% But some of those guys did give you the spark, the original guys. And they, they were gay us. guys, probably. I had, were they? I had the spark before the original that. Guys. I don't a feel lot that of they them did were, that yes. for me. A but lot did, of them uh, let's stick with this we a minute. Were. The gay male attendants are honoring your picket. Oh, yes. Line. yes. Oh, and they're right. walking mm -hmm. with you, too? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is very important. They identify with us. This is important. And it's, they they want to be women. And, the and they have a lot of latent anger that they yeah. can't direct to anybody. And this is coming out. Against that's right. Of course. Yeah. So now but we have a double discrimination. We even were at City Hall together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, that's right. I mean, ironically, the way it worked out. Ironically, we you guys won and they lost. Yeah. Yeah, and they were out there. But they applauded us. Oh, of course they Oh, shit. But that's very important, as a matter of the gay guys backing you. And by most, well, this is unimportant. Most, most male attendants would be inclined to gay, wouldn't they? No, it's not important. My own sense. The gay guys told me that the ratio was 80 gay, 20 straight. Yeah. Really? Really? But well, there's many, a lot of bisexuals. But many you say too, are European or foreign, oh, and so it's that. their job. But I they think got a whole, they're more American than American. Mm -hmm. you know, 110%. But I think there's becoming more acceptable now to be a male flight attendant. So maybe more straights are becoming. When they first started hiring male flight attendants, I think the majority were gay. Because number one, Zachary it was looked into as a, as a feminine, as a very feminine <laughs> job. Yeah. If you were European, that's different. Yeah. Yeah, and working for KLM or British yeah. Airways or whatever, this is a job to look up to. Yeah. But in America, it was a job of a bunch of pretty women. Yeah. You don't oh, want men. You should so have heard the pilots. They hired gay guys. Yeah. They symbols. went crazy. But yeah. see, Who did? the pilot. pilot. Oh, yes. tell me, tell yes. me about. Oh, I hear, they didn't is, want them stuff. in the cockpit. Yeah, they it. didn't want to talk to these guys. They were openly malicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was unbelievable. We loved it. They got us. <laughs> the gay guys got us out of the cockpit, and they didn't know how to win us back in there. And that's when we said, "Aha! That's, that's terrific." Now we really got our eyes open. You manipulators, you. Hey, this is great. Now, let's don't stick with get. The gay we're going to get very angry I see now. now. They play a really interesting <laughs> role here. Right, but the straight guys did too because the pilots resented the straight guys even yeah. more because they were the guys that were getting working, lucky. that were getting lucky. Right? <laughs> oh, and right. they cut the away pilots from them. Yeah. Oh, what do we want with these old critters over here? You in know, other we words, got these, these, these guys no longer owned you. Yeah. That's, That's right. right. Competition. No owned you. Competition. Mm -hmm. But also, and I come back to the, I want to get the pilots and the gay guys. They were furious. They hated oh, the, they 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 the heterosexual male pilots who made out better. Now we find out some of them are Gay. Some of them are gay now. Well, this oh, is the macho. Gay. See, this is that yeah, macho. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. So, meantime, this has to do with your education. This comes oh, back yeah, to you. Absolutely. This is all Did part you of your education. Mm -hmm. We saw, you know, the guys sit up in the cockpit, and they really have that door closed, and they don't see a lot of the interaction. They really don't. And now with our know schedules, I mean, we don't even fly with them, and we get off, and they stay on, and we hardly even see them. But we, sitting in the back, we watch everything that goes on. I mean, because we were trained. We watch everything. we got to watch yeah. suitcases and people and look for strange yeah. actions. And We are watchers. 
And we are seeing all this stuff go on every day. Three or four days out of the week, we are constantly watching other people interact. Yeah. And, and learning. There's something that, uh, that, Mar that Marla was saying earlier about expectations. Remember you said you're waiting for that raise? Right. We always were taught that things are going to get better and better. Mm -hmm. The parent, the immigrant parent, or the hardworking parent, a girl's going to go to college, do well, or the guy will. And, but now it's reversing. Now it's a question, am I going to be as well off as my parent was in many cases, mm -hmm. you see? Mm -hmm. Well, I have, you know, I was talking about my father and I becoming peers, and I have yeah. an interesting story <laughs> with that. Yeah. My father worked for the same company, Union Man, for 39 years. Yeah. At the most, he made $20,000 a year, which in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, we lived, we lived a nice life. Yeah. We were never, you know, had a lot of extra mm -hmm. money, but we were yeah. fine. Well, my father, my mother got cancer about five years ago at age uh, uh, 51. My father uh, was uh, about 55 at that time, 54. And the company came to them and said, we need concessions. And the union fought, said, we can't give these concessions. And then they went to the city and they said, we need tax breaks. And the city said, well, we can't give you any tax breaks. He goes, they go, we're leaving. We're going down to Tennessee. If you people want a job, fine. You can come and move down to Tennessee. Otherwise, you're all out of a job. Now, my father is like six years away from, eight years away from any pension. My mother's dying of cancer. My, uh, they close the plant in December. He is out of a job. My mother dies in March. So my father's like without a wife after 38 years. He's without a job. He has no hopes of getting a job because unemployment is so high. And I'm watching him go through this whole thing. And I am watching it destroy this man. And he died uh, last December. And, you know, then I go through this in March, and it's the same thing. It's like a pure thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a snowball. These people have got to do something about this. And yeah. nobody's doing anything about it. You know, they're getting away with it. I watch Kyle, Carl Icahn just going through these 40 companies and wrecking people's lives. It's unbelievable. And I think that's why I'm so adamant about this whole issue. I think we know? all have that's some reason that mm -hmm. there's some reason. She, she said hers. I, I, I could tell you mine um, that they're not aware of. That makes you strong like that. My husband beat me up real bad and put me in the hospital. And uh, that's what made me strong and realize that I have to fight. Fight because the, uh, he is this, of the same attitude of the, the pilots. The same attitude of the pilots we went from, they were like Rudolph Valentino when I started. We waited on them. We used to come and say, here's your linen napkin now. You, I'll serve you in courses. To now, studs, after 19 years, they come out and they make their own coffee. And they, they should be lucky we let them in our galley. And that's how much it's changed. But something that's making us fight and why we're here today and why we are at City Hall, we all have our personal, you know, and I, I didn't really want to say this in front of the Native, none of them know. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight them because there, there are too many men. The men in this country now do not want us to become independent. In the year 2000, the labor force is going to be over 50% women, and they resent it. And I had a husband who resented my strength. And like, like Mara, look at her father. Then what? And I'm sure that that'll happen to us. You talked about the nurses. The nurses are going to go through just what we went through. They're going to have to fight. But whatever happens here with our strike will set the precedent. This is a job that when I came into it and these other ladies came into it, it was a job. We worked very hard to make it a career. We fought for everything we've ever gotten. And here comes Mr. Icon saying, we're going to put you back to where it was. It's a job. You don't deserve to and own a house. Deserve anything you don't deserve gotten. to earn enough yeah. money to own a house. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one here that's never been married. And it's the reason I've never gotten married is I'm very strong. wasn't when I was uh, newly hired, but I'm strong. And every man I've ever come up against has resented my strength and my capabilities. They feel very intimidated when you can do something. Um, I went with a gentleman who is a very high-powered uh, businessman. And I like to fix things. I love working with my hands. I used to work on his house. He didn't know the difference between a paintbrush and a hammer. 
And when I did something, even though because it was a man's job to do, fix the house, put up the trim, paint the walls, or whatever, he felt very intimidated even by that. And yet I would go to business meetings, and he would be very surprised that I could keep up with the conversation. And yet he wanted to date me, but he felt intimidated most of the time because I could hold my own. We would travel all over the world, and we'd go to meetings and stuff, and most of the women sat around and looked pretty. And I got involved and talked about things, and he'd, he'd come back, and he'd be, when it was just him and I, he would be very complimentary. Oh, I'm glad you could hold your own. You know, you were very impressive, and such and such was talking about you, and they were very impressed. But then when we were in front of people, he wanted me, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a very mixed emotion. Yeah. I didn't know whether he wanted me to speak out or whether he wanted me to sit back. Do you know what's happening here is very exciting to me. I mean, also traumatic for you. See, you're saying stuff that's now coming out of, and of course, uh, Marla started, and then Marsha, of course, and, and Joy. This is what we're talking about. Something happened to you because of the job. The job is there, but the job speeds up this thing. What happened? Mm -hmm. The pilots, yourselves, your personal lives, your old man, and your husband, and you see the parallel, the analogy. This guy you're going with, while well, all this thing adds up, and you, as this little girl, innocently finding suddenly something out, you know, hey, the, this guy's taking us. This is what I'm talking about, the changes in you that are coming along. Starting out innocence, with the possible exception of of uh, Marla, some because of her father. And this happened within recent years, <coughs> see? This is one part of what I'm looking for. In this. But pick it up, okay. You, yeah. you my question yeah. is, you know, like, I, I really, and I'm, you're right, something happens and I'm, I'm talking about something that I, th I thought I could always live with in a secret. But I feel like I'm being punished for being a woman. Now, Carl Icahn, I mean, I went through this thing with my husband where I had to fight for what I believe in. And I was trying to do the best I could raising my children, and now Carl Icahn, here's another one, who said, We're, that is why I take it so personal, and I'm over there fighting in City Hall, and I don't care what anyone thinks about me. He said, I'm not a breadwinner. And that's one of the reasons this that we blame the pilots so much, mm -hmm. is because they're angry with us, because we haven't stayed the same. They're angry with us because we want a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. They are basically pissed off. Because you grew and up. And they, they, they were the people who went to Carl Icahn and said, we'll take these concessions, but you've got to get 22% from those flight attendants. They what, do you mean, what do you mean by that? They, tried they to, said that. They, yeah. they tried, they to, tried negotiate to negotiate our, our contract, contract with him. These guys are going to negotiate a contract at mm -hmm. your expense? Right. Yes. Lay that out for me a bit. Anybody. Well, they... They had an, an agreement with ICON, and they said they would sign their contract only if he was able to get 22% in pay uh, from us plus work rules. You mean, I, I can't believe it. You mean to say they negotiate? They're always These guys are going to chop 22% off your set more. wages. Yeah. Take yes. more for They've always been the sacrificial lamb. Right. I know, but this is unbelievable. Yeah. Fellow quote unquote fellow workers. Right. Workers have always and they fixed their ultimate See, this is revenge. The thing. Yes. They never wanted us there. And they think we're overpaid. And they think all we do, again going back to when, you know, get my coffee. It's they feel that we're overpaid because all we do is get get coffee. They don't sit back there and put up with the passengers' complaints and the problems. They don't hear passenger problems the at all. The agents you know? don't hear yeah. the problems. We deal with almost every aspect of this airline. We are the front people. But the point is, that doesn't even and if, even they don't have Barbara, a right. Barbara. Even if they think we're overpaid, what right do they have to tell us well, how much we should make? I mean, if, mm -hmm. if you were offered and a lot of this, a lot of their um, antagonism goes back to a few contracts ago when they gave in some and made up some concessions, and we in turn got a raise. It was a raise we didn't ask for, but we got it. Now I would turn around and I look at these guys and I say, "Would you turn down this raise?" I, they would, if they got a raise, they would not turn yeah. it down. What makes them think yeah. because I'm a woman, I'm going to turn down this raise? If I could make a hundred thousand dollars being a flight attendant, I would do it. Am I a fool? Yeah. Because no, I'm going, oh, no, that's too much for what I do? Bullshit. But see, that Men get as much as they want and, right. and go for more. I'm entitled to do the same yeah. amount. See, that goes back to 
whenever they were talking about, uh, I mentioned before, that the pilots always signed their contract prior mm -hmm. to the uh, closing date. They gave in right away. They didn't even fight for what yeah. they wanted. They've never had the backbone because they know they're not qualified for any other job. So they signed a contract taking a pay cut, and when it came time for ours, yeah. we got a raise. Yeah. It angered them. There was another thing that angered them. And over the years, they've not negotiated this, but they've always had what they call ACMs, which is an extra jump seater. If you're a pilot and uh, you want to get from point A to point B on your own time, you can ride in the cockpit. Well, we never had that. And a few years ago, we got what we call an X-cap. And so if there's an extra flight attendant jump seat, we can ride there. Now, we can ride there in that jump seat, but if there is a free passenger seat, we negotiated that we would be allowed to take that passenger seat. As the pilots, too, when they're jump seating, they, they don't have to stay in the cockpit. They can come out and sit. Well, being a flight attendant and sitting on a jump seat is more in the way of the passenger than the cockpit. So the company, the way we negotiated, we got the right to that seat, the passenger seat, prior to the cockpit. Well, that killed them. We got something yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. And that was unbelievable. And that is one of the so. big contenders. But they never so. thought to ask for it. One yes, of the things they you, weren't you you're realizing is so how even those who the matter, how status, being better mm -hmm. than someone, becomes so important to the people you work mm -hmm. with. Right. The bottom line yeah. from the pilots was they don't have any respect for us. That's, That's right. exactly right. The 747 Boy, was, right? yeah. was designed, you know how the 747 is designed with the big bump on the top? Well, that was designed specifically for the captain's head. For the captain's <laughs> head? That's yeah. so big. Of the captain's head. But you know, right. I'm thinking, uh, perhaps the most, the one who may have been the most innocent of you all, I suspect, probably was Cappy. I'm guessing. Oh, she is. Maybe. I grew up Oh, yes, Cappy, yeah. you have a story to tell. You know, yeah. yeah. You've gone, undergone some tell? great changes, I think, yes, as a flight attendant. You see, I, I suspect all of, all of you are She has got to keep she kind of a low up. profile. Huh? Because, see, she, her husband is in, T, in TWA, but she has got to play it. See, we can afford yeah. to be... Part of it comes from, from the person that I married. Mm -hmm. I married someone who uh, feels a deep sense of responsibility to the group. And um, he got real involved you, in the union. You mm -hmm. To, to yes. you, Yes, well, to, to, to any group. To any yeah. group. Just he's the way not he management. Is. He's an agent for TWA. And he, no, he's never been a supervisor. Oh, sorry. So he, he has always felt that uh, something could be done through going through the channels of command through the, within the company. And he would try to help agents who were being disciplined for various offenses by going through the chain of command. And I was always very, well, you know, management must be right. They must have done something wrong or they wouldn't be punished. You don't get a letter you in your file. That. Yes, I unless you've done something wrong. And my husband said, well, no, I worked with him. He did not do anything wrong. This is this is wrong. And I was always kind of saying, oh, don't get involved, Rich. You'll get in trouble. You'll offend mm -hmm. members of management. They won't forget this. But he had a series of successes. He was winning. He was, he was doing something for the little guy, and it got to be very heady for him. And he continued along that line until one day they fired him for his involvement. They fired who? My husband. Mm -hmm. Now, why did they fire him? He was involved in, in a grievance over vacation yeah. time, and because he had been successful <coughs> and won 40 different yeah. grievances, they decided well, what, what, they what, didn't what? like his success ratio. Yeah, he, he was he, not union. He's not union. No, what 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 was his way? Was he a, was He's he an worked? agent, a ticket agent. He was a ticket agent. And in their contract... And he was not union, but he represented, he spoke for whoever it was yes. had a grievance. Not what, they, have no, they have no union, but they would come to my husband yeah. because he was more articulate. And, and so he'd and, and speak for them. He would them. speak mm -hmm. on their behalf, and he got a lot. They do have an inter company uh, grievance yeah. procedure where and you can go before he management. Went, he went through all these. Mm -hmm. Right. And but he, he won. He was and they canned him. They, he won. He won 42 times and got people their jobs back. Well, the person who was over personnel started to look very poor because here was Joe Schmuck from Chicago, Rich Long, winning 42 different cases against him. So they told him that he could no longer travel around because people were calling my husband from Los Angeles, from New York, from different cities to represent them, not just people in Chicago because he, he got a reputation for doing and, this. And uh, he was just still working as a ticket yeah, agent. As an mm -hmm. agent. Yeah. And so uh, he, he goes away to work on some cases out in Los Angeles, and they, they say, we don't want you out here. We don't, we don't want you doing it. You're no longer allowed to travel. They started changing company policy to restrict his involvement in these cases. So uh, they told him also that he would start writing uh, letters directly to higher members of management when he had a problem instead of going through the chain of command because oftentimes you got nowhere with 
the middle manager. And so he was told that he could not go through uh, that process anymore. He had to go through his immediate boss and wait for a response. And then one day they, they got into an issue at work over uh, vacation time with the agents, a question about vacation time. And some of them were talking to the manager and they, they were told, the other group, not my husband, was told, go ahead and write to the boss in New York on this. So they turned to my husband and said, we've been given permission to write to the boss in New York considering, concerning this issue. And my husband wrote. They fired him for not going through the chain of command, even though the group had been told it was our right to address this problem so to a particular sick. person. So that took us a year and $30,000 to get his job back. Oh, so you fought. You challenged you him. You bet. We got a lawyer, and we went through the whole procedures. During that time, I had an education. And that's what I wanted. Kevin went through a real change. Now, at that, remember, were you were warning your husband. <laughs> oh, I was very take, upset when he got fired. Let no, me wait, tell you. Before that, you believed that if somebody... You don't question if somebody you were done, is dis that person deserves mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Nine right? times out of ten, you must have done something uh, that you, you shouldn't that. have. Of That's course, right. like management is right. Yeah. Management yeah. is right. And I, that, authority, and they didn't get that job unless they knew what they were doing. And now, during this... Boy, has that changed. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know anything about politics. Cappy, now was, now always, Cappy now was always very pro-company, very mm -hmm. good flight you attendant. Go and you did what she had to do. Now, you knew Cappy when she broke in. She knew me. Yeah. Basically, sure. Huh? She, knew she knew me, me when. when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was always very pro-company. I mean, if, if they walked on her, it was like, well, there must be a good reason, and you know, yeah. and, and this is my so job. So he, he goes through this, this process of trying to get his job back and would call upon people that he had represented to testify on his behalf. He called upon members of management, local management, to testify in his case. He had like 30 different people to speak for him. And... Some of them would call us in the middle of the night and say, we'd like to testify on your behalf, Rich, but we've just been flown from our cities of L.A. or whatever to New York and called into the office and told that if we did testify for you, we'd be fired, and I have a wife and kids to support. So after one by one of middle management calling and saying, we think your husband's a good person, he had everyone's best interest at heart, but I'll lose my job if I come out in his support, I started realizing that something was dirty here. They weren't playing by the rules that uh, maybe my husband was right. You had to stand up for your rights. Well, he eventually won his job back, but it was a very difficult year for us to go through all of that. To see someone who, you know, I have a lot of admiration for my husband, to see him care so much about other mm -hmm. people and then get stepped on. He's, got, he's the only person within the TWA Corporation that has a letter in his file that says he cannot speak out on anyone's behalf or write a letter to anyone. Oh, then he was hired back. Oh, yes. But the judge the, gave him his job But back. this was the proviso. Yes. So he Couldn't can't, do anything else. Oh, so they again. silenced mm -hmm. him. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. But Kaposh. this became your education. But then it, mm -hmm. then it got me going. Well, now, that's now, right. Now, he, huh? now my husband. And here is Cappy today. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I have become the radical. I've become very involved in yeah. this movement. I, we've started, Marsha and I, seeing politicians. We're the ones that went to City Hall and talked to the aldermen, talked to the mayor, got him to not fly TWA, because I, I yeah. became the letter writer. You did. I'm the one she now didn't. who's yeah, fighting. Yeah, she's excellent. Both really? Of them are excellent. See, Mar see, Marla said that she remembered you, when she was a union kind of, and they were developing in their own way. But she remembered you as the management kid. Well, I wasn't. I didn't no. have aspirations well, for management. No, but, no, but to follow no, not the, the rules, question. not to work Kathy for them. Would, but Kathy to would never break the rules. Oh yeah. See, yeah. Cappy, um, I always, yeah. I, found out, I found out, I found out early the that when you play with TWA, <laughs> yeah. you can go through the change of command. You could go to the union, or I learned how to play with them. Here we are now. Here are the five. This has been quite remarkable, by the way. I think, and each of you in her own way. And at last stop, now here you are. Now, do, what is it you see? Here you are, the flight attendants, now you know what TWA is like, the pilots. Are there some sympathetic, yes. some pilots yes, sympathetic? Yes, 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 But it's, it's not a great ratio. <laughs> and a lot of them are it's sympathetic in their hearts, but they would never speak out. Yeah, yes. they're afraid, but they're mm -hmm. among them. But generally speaking, is so now we come off the plane, off the flight. The world, now, how do you see things? Now you're questioning things? Well, I think uh, mm. what we uh, experienced here studs t today, um, I personally was never going to let out my secret or whatever, which has motivated me to be sitting here talking to you, motivated me to scream up and down at City Hall. I think that each one of us here, something clicked for Marla. It was her father and her mother. 
For Cappy, it was Rich losing his job. For me, it was my husband beating me up. Now, whether they 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 too have their own. Of course. Why? Now, she's the guy she was going with. Yeah, there's only a few of us that are, are really because so many people have crossed. I think that we're pushed enough into the corner to realize this is bigger than this is bigger than getting our jobs back. Getting our jobs back is a benefit, but what we're going to uh, the impact that we'll make on the public with us fighting like this, I think we'll say a lot more for women. We're, we're fighting for women for women's rights. the world. This is almost women's like suffrage. women's suffrage again. I mm-hmm. say it's the reenactment of women's suffrage, only it's 86. Because yeah. we're looking at women who have worked to make this not just a cheap little job, and I don't mean cheap in the way of money, because people always look down upon us. They have a glamorous job, but, you know, they're no just No morals glorified. to go with Right. Them. Mm-hmm. That was something I fought for 21 years with this company is the moral issue. I have not been very promiscuous. Promiscuous? Mm, I'm not good at saying that. Um, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this is this is a job that uh, I thought we had to sleep with the pilots to keep your yeah, job. Yeah. I mean, that's how we were told in training, watch out for the pilots and watch out for this and watch out for that. And you I did see a lot of that. What you also told, remember the, in the working I had, I called her Peggy Mason. I mean, she's very good. You know, she was more than United bargained for. She was saying how they were taught at school. All of you were taught, weren't you? Right. How to hold a cigarette for yeah. a guy, mm-hmm. how to light it. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That little touch you, of... You catered to uh, You know, you catered that little touch of sexy little thing. Well, mm-hmm. We were all hired that, for right. our sex appeal. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. why they hired us. When I yeah. was in the interview, uh, we used to have two interviews. And yeah. she said to me, you know what, Marsha? I'm going to hire you right now, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. She said, your smile will sell more seats yeah. than we could hope for. Yes. I was talking to uh, one interviewer. He was, it was in the last, well, it was when they were hiring for 85. And I was talking to one, and you, he, I said, well, what are you looking for when you interview these people? And how do you go about hiring them? And he said, to be honest? And I said, yeah, be honest, off the record. He said, if I'd sleep with her or not. Yeah. That's why, how yeah. I choose her. If yeah. I'd go to bed with her. Yeah. That's so, why I didn't get that job. <laughs> 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 yes. I haven't got it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it. I mean, is, I thought, I mean, my mouth just dropped. Oh, I was like, and now here you are now in the world, he, outside. Now what do you see? Authority, president, mm-hmm. this, that, a, a war. What are your questions now? When you pick up a headline or watch a TV commentator, Speak of well, the contrast. Well, first of all, and I don't believe anything I read or see on the news because mm-hmm. us being in the news, I know that it's all lies. <laughs> the distortion. Whatever mm-hmm. they want to put in the newspaper and and the newscasters, I mean, it's it's all according to who's putting it so in because it's not the truth. And I've been we've been yeah. on that side of it, and the truth has not been told. Yeah, I mean, the, our salaries have ranged up to fifty thousand dollars, and our, you know, it's just it's everything has been wrong. As a union rep, I've done several interviews yeah. for radio stations, newspapers, etc. And when I read it, it's not what I said. Yeah. Uh, they put it in there for sensationalism, the way they put it. Uh, I may very easily lose everything I've worked for over the years. I don't have a second income. Marcia doesn't have a second income. Uh, I've worked very hard to get the house I have. Uh, I'm going to probably lose it in the end because I don't. We're going to win our court case, but it's going to take too long. It's not going to happen in order for me to save the house. I happen to buy it, you know, whenever the interest rates were very high. I haven't been in it very long, so I'm but not going to make a profit. Would you do anything different? But no. I said it at the beginning in an interview, and I've got it in print that I will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to prove that we're capable women. That we this is a good job, and it's not a sexy job. It's hard working. If you've flown across the Atlantic week in and week out, and putting up with a lot of passenger complaints, a lot of abuse, bombs, hijackers, and everything else, we earn the money we make. We're not overpaid. We're not underpaid either. We're putting our life on the line. I had a pilot who was sleeping on the flight, and we almost lost the whole airplane. And I, I was sure we bought the farm. We didn't. Uh, but we were very lucky. And they fired the pilot. They fi- fired the engineer. Uh, it was his mistake. I'm putting my life in his hands. And he is up there sleeping because he has a hot date somewhere else. And 
so I don't feel I'm underpaid. Mm. And we work that whole night long, and we go through time changes, and we go through all this, and I've worked hard for where I am, and at 41, they're going to tell me I'm going to go out there and make $4.25 an hour because I'm not qualified for anything else. On that same note, Marla and I were talking about this coming down. People have always said we're overpaid. And, you know, you start start thinking about it, you know, and you go, well, maybe I am, you know. God, what? Well, I have since the strike, I have found out we're not overpaid. Women are underpaid. Right. When I start right. looking at all yeah. the salaries right. women are making, yeah. it's disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. These people are not making anywhere near what they should be making. Now They're not you're overpaid. Getting, see. see, very often a guy, a cab, guy's mm-hmm. driving a cab, he says to me, look at that trucker making all that dough. It's yeah. not that he's making mm-hmm. that dough. Like, you're not making That's it. That's right. right. Why are you hitting right. this guy? That trucking company's making big dough. So is yellow and checker. And you're, uh-huh. You see, they always... That's, what called, that's what's called divide and, and conquer. That's, right. Right. that's, that's what's called game. divide. And you were going to say, Mark. I was going to say that I really feel that they're going to have no choice. The public is going to have no choice than to look at us because the workforce, in let's say your, your, your age bracket, we're mostly men. And that as time moves and we all grow older, that is dissolving. And in the new force, there's more women. We're going to we're going to uh, dominate the workforce. So they have to look at us, not that they're going to give us more than we're worth, but they're gonna, their standards for us are gonna have to come up. Yeah. And so, so many people look at, oh, they're making so much money, yeah. I wish I could bring them down. Yeah. Well, why don't you just try to bring yourself, yourself up? Uh, on the same note, I was thinking, I've been talking to different corporate uh, managers and, and whatever in, in my little temporary jobs, you know, of doing, making some extra money. And you find out, <laughs> like we found out the other day, these people, I mean, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they don't know what they're doing. And they are, they're, the companies are just yeah. you being see run by on, jerks. You see it on the airplane. I look at these men, and they're out of their environment, and they get on from New York in their three-piece suits and their Louis Vuitton briefcases or whatever, and they sit down, and they get up, and they walk to the bathroom, and they have a choice on the door of an ashtray or a doorknob. Which one are you going to use to open the door? And they They use the the ashtray. They go to the closet, and there is a little toggle thing with a strap protecting their garment bag. Now, all you have to do is bend over, undo the little toggle, and pull your bag out. They will struggle to haul their bag over that strap. And I look at people I work with. I look at my fellow workers, and I go, these are the men who run your world. They expect you know, us to help them no because they walk on and hand it to us yeah. and yeah. say, you They've take lost over where the secretary yes. lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Suddenly you see the emperor has no clothes. Yes. 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 So that's what you see. This is the guys. So now we go around. We know you, you're not working, haven't worked for six months. And we also know that uh, your funds are less than they were before hmm. in some cases. Our power. So, huh? All right, so the Fun question money. is, how's it, what are your feelings now? Outlook, how you feel about just any, anybody. It doesn't have all five. I'm angry. Just, just wait, or Marla. How do I feel? Remember we I started. I feel like yeah. I am just bucking so many people here to be heard. And it's not what you know and what you say. It's it's the old adage, Bull, bullshit baffles brains. You've got to get in there. You've got to get somebody to listen to. And it's all men. It's all men. And 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 people people in our situation, I pick it at the ticket counter down on, on Monroe. And I watch black women going in and buying tickets. And I say to these women, sisterhood, we have discrimination suits out against this company on behalf of the women's workforce. Don't give them your money. Don't do it. You know, you are discriminated against as we are. We're all in the same boat, please. And they look at me like I am absolutely crazy. You know, we're all robots. We're so we're so brainwashed by society and the corporation and the almighty dollar that we see nothing beyond our own sphere, you know, the general public. I have been taken out of my own sphere. I mean, I see lots. And I'm pregnant, and I'm bringing a man into this world in December. Oh, it is and a guy. You know Yes, yeah. I know it's a man. Yeah, and, we'll train and, him. <laughs> and, I mean, the most important thing for me with this child is that he be empathetic. He's got to see. I have a friend who is in earning eighty thousand dollars a year in a management position with, an, with a real estate firm, and he's never happy. And he's never happy. And I say, Dean, look below you. 
Look what you have and what other people don't have. And be thankful and be joyous for what has come your way. Don't keep looking above at all these jerks above that have, mm -hmm. have bullshitted their way into $100,000 when you only have eighty. you know? Yeah. And, and people aren't geared that way. They're looking yeah. above all the time. I'm unhappy. I'm pissed off, you know? Eddie, so do you see that? Out oh. of your sphere that you're oh, in, you yes, yes. Barbara, you were going to say. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm, um, there's a lot of hatred. And I'm not a hateful person, but there's a lot of hatred inside of me. And it comes out. And uh, I miss the job. I miss, I'm a worker. I don't have kids. I don't want to sit at home. And I want to do what I enjoyed doing, and that was flying. And I can't talk anymore. <laughs> but um, I there's a lot of anger, and when I'm angry, I start crying. I just, Cars. Don't but you get it out. But it's true. I um, Jack Murray. I start. That. I start. Oh yeah. I mean, I I go crazy sometimes when people you know say they came. You know, they just Joe Blow comes down and I and I meet him and he says he flies TWA and I want to kill him. You know, and it's like, I want to strangle him. And he, it's not. A lot of times he doesn't even know there's a labor dispute. And he has no idea. And and I just jump all over him. And I don't do those kind of things. You but know? now you are. Oh, yeah. There is anger there. A lot of it. Marsh. When we first started the session with you, <clears throat> I said I wanted more. Well, I got more than I bargained for because I, the job itself, we have to um, do something about. But I feel like my own cause now more, being as though the situation that I said I was in with an abusive husband and realizing after being in that situation that one out of four women are abused, I think that I'm fighting for more than the my job back. I see the fight as bigger. I mean, I felt I didn't feel anything going into City Hall. And if I could, I would go to Ron Reagan with my plight because I feel like it's that important and we're being that much discriminated against as women. Ron you know. Reagan. And I'm going to continue. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. The, uh, before, before, before Cappy and Joy, you said Ron Reagan. How did you feel when the Patco strike was broken? Those guys were kicked out. Remember that? The air yeah. controllers. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, everybody, pilots were up there. Well, they broke the law. I said to them I, right away from the first day, I said, have you ever known anyone to get anywhere in this society to, to buck any kind of injustice in this society without breaking the law? What are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to float along within the system of the law and expect any changes? No. You have got to, at some point, if you think there is a, a law that's wrong, if you think that there is discrimination going on, you have got to break the law and take your chances. How did you for, as you feel, when, uh, well, that was what year now? Seven, uh, 81. 81. 81. 81. How did you for feel about that? I was sympathetic with their cause, but I'm a rural person. I've always followed the rules. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a good employee. I do it by the rules. And I felt that they were wrong because they were not allowed to strike. We are in a legal strike. Uh, I thought that was not the avenue for them to take because of that, but I felt sympathetic for their cause. I just didn't feel that they were taking the right direction in it because they had signed that they would not strike. Is that this is a government yes, thing. that's how I felt. And is that the way you felt? Well, I looked at that, and I... I, I felt that um, they got the shaft because as, as I, you never know what one is going on internally, like in our union or the company side, and I felt that they, uh, it was wrong what happened, and I, I never, felt very, when, they, know, when he did that but to did the you, airlines. Were you up on the, did you know that Reagan had promised them and yes. broke the promise? Right. Yes. That's never mentioned, right. you see. No, that's right. Well, that's. Yeah. You see, he double-crossed them. Well, but yeah. the whole world is double-crossing everyone. Yeah, how do you feel about them being stars. blacklisted Let, now? Aren't you worried? You see I'm asking something? about the air controllers. One last thing that we haven't heard from Cappy and Joy yet for the end. Last. Let's do that now. I want to come back to how you feel about airline safety since the air controllers. Mm -hmm. How many hundred, how many, 1,500, right, are not working? Right. Oh, you, no, there's more up? than that. Oh, there's more than that. Oh, 1,500? Oh, controllers. I mean, the controllers. Yeah. I mean, and but I would say that. But remember we talked about how you are now? 
we left before we came to Cappy. I like myself better. Mm -hmm. It changed me, made me tougher, made me stand up for myself. Uh, I like other people that I didn't know better. Now I'm getting old. <laughs> well, come on, it's all right. Um, I didn't know Marsha that well. I liked her. I didn't have uh, any close feelings to her. I have a lot more respect for her. A lot of people that I respected before, I've lost respect for. I've lost friends over this, people that I thought I could trust and, and I could depend upon, and I cannot. That's very upsetting. You talk for a little bit. <laughs> Come sure. on, I feel a hundred different things. I feel hatred. I feel depressed. I feel strong. It's like everything is coming together. I, You always said, what am I going to do when I grow up? And I feel like I've grown up. But I still don't know where I'm going. Uh, you always thought you knew what hatred was. You don't until you've gone through something like this. Someone who's taken, he's taken my independence away from me. Um, I got out of Painter Town, and I was independent. It was a struggle. I was scared to death. I'd never been away from home before. Um, and I fought for what I have. I've helped support my parents over the years. My dad and my mother live on unemployment. Uh, my mother works part-time to supplement that. And when they're in trouble, I've been doing for them. I can't do for them. I'm not married, so therefore, um, the only thing I could give my parents was passes and stuff like that. Uh, besides the money, I would give them passes. They took that away from us last year. Now they've reinstituted it. Now I could give that to them, and I don't have a job to do that. Um, I can't help them out financially. Thank God I paid their car off before the strike hit. I bought them a car a few years ago. And I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm now dependent on unemployment, on trying to find a job. Nobody wants to give me a job because I don't have experience in that field or the fact that I might go back with TWA because we're not fired, we're not terminated, we're on an inactive status. And here we sit wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. Am I going to have to go live with friends, go back and live with my parents? Um, I'm 41 years old, and they told me I would be in heaven at 41. <laughs> you know, this was going to be, you know, the great time in life. I didn't have children. I don't have a husband. I have nothing to depend on but me, and I feel very inadequate in some respects as far as a job. But I feel more adequate in other areas because I've learned what people really are, people that maybe I didn't like before um, because they maybe were too strong. And they were outspoken, and I couldn't imagine people doing this and um, bucking different people. I've become very strong, very outspoken, uh, very militant. Um, I've learned that I can do other things besides being a flight attendant, but my big problem now is proving that to someone else, that I can do it. Uh, none of us here were trained to be secretaries, uh, to do office work, to talk to the media, uh, to do all kind of things. I'm learning to type. I've learned to give interviews. Uh, I've learned to deal with people's problems. Being a rep, rep uh, for the union, we talk to people every day when they're down because they don't have money, trying to find avenues of jobs for people or getting information from unemployment for them. All these different things I've learned to do. But now I have to tell somebody else, I can do it. Give me a job. I'm a good worker. I have an excellent record with TWA. I don't have one bad letter in my file. I have the maximum days you can have on uh, sick leave. That's all taken away from me. Uh, everything's been taken from me and my independence. And I don't like it. And I don't think it's fair. And it's because we're women, we're in this situation. You know, this opened my eyes to a lot of, of problems that other people have been having that maybe I would have ignored before, like the LTV and other people in a similar position. I went to a job interview on Saturday, and it was kind of a rinky-dink thing. They made each of us stand up in the room and give a little speech about why we would be good for the job that we were there to interview for. And in the audience, there were 100 people, and there were several men that were 55 and older there for this job, which not the best to pay, but better than some of the jobs I've seen in the paper. And to see a 55-year-old corporate executive stand up and say how I spent my summer vacation and why I want this job broke my heart. I felt terrible when I came home. 
no chance for them to get this job because the company was looking for an 18, 19, 20-year-old. You know. So I wasn't hired because I was over the hill, but can you imagine being 55 and running a corporation father. one minute and the next minute it interviewing for $5 an hour jobs to keep father. the family together? Now, that's, that's sad. But everywhere you go to now, we have our uniforms on, we hear the same story. Yes. How they want part-time employees, re like Kevin's revolving door policy. Nobody cares about the old people anymore. We're, we're, we are on the brink of being the old people. I think our generation and us being a group of women can turn it around. You know, it took something like, you, you know, Studs, that Mayor Washington crossed our picket line twice, and you know he crossed the tribunes. But he didn't the last time. But he, you know what? He had the reservations. And not until Cappy and I he went canceled. up there screaming and hollering, then he canceled his reservations. Yeah. We've learned how to play politics. That's it. Yeah. We've learned how to play See, the game. You find I an alderman who is, who is against Washington, and you play him off against each other yeah. and try to stay neutral. Sure. That's what you he, do. Solis is not that great a guy, but he's your right. side in this case. Yeah. Well, and we don't yeah. really we care. Know. I know. So we use him for our little man right. in the moon, just like so we didn't know we didn't you, know who Solis was. But we learned the game, and when we, left, when we left City Hall, we left with Alderman Solis happy because he had passed the resolution for us. Commissioner Haplin, Halpin? Halpin. Um, came over and said, congratulations, <laughs> I did it for you. I did Washington it introduced us and had us stand up and take a bow, so I'm sure when we Everybody meet with him tomorrow, he's going to think he did it for us. Of course. And um, Verdoliat came over and said, hey, I'll yeah. do it for you, yeah. girls. Alderman uh, Orbach was in front of us saying, hey, I'll get him to read it, girls. Every man left that room thinking, we did it for those girls. Here were the five of us sitting in the front yeah. row in our little uniforms playing the game because yeah. we know that the sex issue was used against us, but we also know how to turn it around and use it for us. That's and wearing our uniform and our short yeah. skirt and walking through that city hall, we had the aldermen eating out of our hands. That resolution passed the first time without any committee discussion, and we got a standing ovation because n most of them didn't know what the resolution was about, but they saw five reasonably attractive, so semi-older women sitting there in the front row, and they applauded and voted for us. So they all left thinking that we were innocents and we didn't understand the game, and Marcia and I went home and laughed because we played it, and we knew the game, and we knew what we were doing. We'd grown up. That's it. Just a, oh. just a little personal note on my own personality. When I first came with the airlines, a lot of people backed away from me because they were basically, I was a real loudmouth. I was a troublemaker. Yeah. I was outspoken. Not I was too you. pushy. Marla never. People did that. And, and so actually, <laughs> over the years, I have mellowed out a bit. And so it does my heart such good to yeah. see these people. It takes a big relief that, yeah. off of me because I yeah. can just yeah. sit here and yeah. shut up now and yeah. let them do the talking yeah. for a change, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to be known the word as a is, The word is, we have grown up. Yes. And that's what you've done. Now, obviously, if I could just, Mad Monk, I think I'm very moved by this. Very moved that you've grown up and that you also aware of the world off the plane. Mm -hmm. You, the little girls who were glamorous, welcome to the starlets, the models, equivalent to that, are something else now. And that's what the change is about. 